Buddy, thank you for being here tonight, and a Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you. So, the essence of this holiday is the incarnation. That's a fancy word, but it means taking on a flesh. And that is that the divine, ethereal God who created everything and is above all things came down to be one of us in Jesus Christ. In fact, became an infant, uh, vulnerable as an infant. And so we have peace with that divine God. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas, that we have peace, that we are favored. It's God's grace. And of course, so we reflect out that grace by loving our neighbor. And this is what we're about tonight. Thank you for being here. We're going to start out by uh, singing, O Come, All Ye Faithful. If you are able, will you please stand and join in?
Here on earth, we may walk in the light of Jesus' presence, and in the last day, wake to the brightness of his glory. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you to remain seated for the two lessons and for the two next hymns we sing. The reading tonight is from the prophet Isaiah. This poem promises deliverance from Assyrian oppression, a hope based on the birth of a royal child with a name full of promise. While Judah's king will practice justice and righteousness, the real basis for faith lies in God's passion for the people. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. A reading from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forward, onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Here ends the reading.
This is the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth to her, her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these thoughts and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
I see some young, young people out there, some children, and I have something for you if you would like to come up. Some chocolate? I see two boys. You want to come up? Can you come up a second? Oh, the three. Okay. I'm glad you're here tonight. It's awfully late, isn't it? Do you know what um, hugs are? It's a candy. Do you know what they are? They're like Hershey's Kisses, but they're hugs. They have uh, uh, dark chocolate and white chocolate, and it's kind of in a swirl. And I have some for you. The reason being is because I think of Christmas as a, a big hug where God hugs the earth and God hugs all human beings and God hugs the universe, shows God's love by sending Jesus, Jesus who was just like us, okay? Jesus was human. So I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Here's a little... Um, a little uh, sock stocking. If you please don't eat it during the service, but you can have it. <laughs> and have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming up. You can go back to your places. So a boy was assigned a paper on childbirth and asked his mother. How was I born? Well, honey, said the slightly prudish mother, the stork brought you to us. Oh, said the boy, and how did you and daddy get born? Oh, the, the stork brought us too. Well, how were grandpa and grandma born? The boy persisted. Well, darling, the stork brought them too, said the mother, by now starting to squirm a little. Several days later, the boy handed in his paper to the teacher, who read with confusion the opening sentence. This report has been very difficult to write due to the fact that there hasn't been a natural childbirth in my family for three generations. <laughs> well, we're talking about an unnatural childbirth tonight, aren't we? This morning, in the end of Advent, we talked about Mary permitting God to be born in her, that somehow this was a surprise of creation that the Holy Spirit would, uh, would overcome her and she would give birth to the Son of God, both divine and human. And tonight, we hear Luke's story about the birth of this child. Now, people have a tendency to embellish Christmas. And so after a while, we don't even know what the original story said. Tonight we heard Luke's story. Matthew's story has the wise, the, the wise men, the, the magi in it. But Luke's has the shepherds. And the story of um, the taxation, the registration 
kind of a strange thing. Did this actually happen? There's no historical evidence of this happening. But Luke says, and perhaps Luke knows more than, than any other historical document, Luke says that this was the first registration and all had to go to their hometowns, their ancestral towns, to be registered. What a disaster this would have been. It would have been uh, just such a massive conflagration of, of people traveling here and there. It would have been chaos, utter chaos, to go to your ancestral village. Not that, not that everybody, you know, moved to a different uh, village, but it was an oppression that perhaps that the whole world, it said all the world, all the world. I'm kind of focusing this year. I noticed this in the story, a three-letter word, all. All went to their hometowns. It wasn't just a few people. This was not an oppression of the Jewish people. This was all everybody in the world, in the Roman world, went to their own towns in order to be taxed. The other time all comes up, there's a couple more times that all comes up, is when the angels are announcing, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This is good news for all people. For all people. He didn't say, this is good news for God's people, Israel, because the Messiah is coming. This is good news for all people. Luke's gospel, you know, there are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke's gospel is the universal gospel. Luke is always trying to include all. And Luke is not alone in the biblical witness. There is a lot, if we read it, about all. God wants all people to be loved. God wants all people to be embraced. Christmas is about all people. It's not just about us. And very often we think about it, it's just about us Western people. It's just about us Christians. And that's very wrong. God wants all to come into God's peaceful reign, God's salvation. We even see it in the Psalms. One of the Psalms that's appointed, Psalm 95, it says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Declare God's wonders among all peoples. Tremble before the Lord all the earth. It, it doesn't say, Sing to the Lord, my people Israel. It's sing to the Lord, all the earth. One of the other Christmas uh, appointed lessons is from Titus. And it says, God's grace appeared to all, bringing salvation to all. God's grace appeared, bringing salvation to all. Colossians even goes farther. It says, all things, for Jesus, all things were created in him, and he holds everything together, things on heaven and things on earth. The implication is, 
that Jesus, who is more than a human being, the Gospel of John says kind of the foundation of the universe, the principle of the universe. Jesus holds all things together. And yet we try to make Jesus as small as possible. And we get offended, don't we? We get offended when people won't wish us Merry Christmas. When they say Happy Holidays. Really? Are we that small-minded? We need to wish Merry Christmas to everyone. We need to acknowledge that all people are included in this embrace, this hug of the universe, this hug of the earth, this hug of all peoples. We need to wish Merry Christmas to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, even what you believe. Can we go that far? That God is bigger than that, and God works through this incarnation. Remember I said the word incarnation. That's, you know, taking on flesh. You know, uh, we say chili con carne, chili with meat. Incarnation. God takes on meat. God takes on human flesh. The pristine God, divine God, all-powerful God, the God of the universe, who is, we think is beyond, is, comes down and is part of us. That is what's going on. We like to spin stories. And we, I think we like to romanticize the story. Luke gives us some bare-bones things about what was going on. There is no place in the inn. The story doesn't say anything about an innkeeper. You know, people have spun stories about, you know, an innkeeper turning them away. No, there's no innkeeper. All he says is there's no place in the inn. Laid in a manger. Do you know that there's no word stable in either of the Christmas stories, Matthew or Luke? We've spun that up. We've made that up. Laid in a manger. A manger is a feed trough, but it could have been many places, perhaps, in the home. Homes back then uh, might have had an upstairs room that was called the inn. That was for guests. There was a, a, a regular floor where the family would, would sleep, and perhaps a lower floor where animals, a couple animals, could be kept for the night. And perhaps there, there was a place, a shelf for the animals to feed. The baby was put in a manger. That's all we have. I like to spin stories too. I, I used to write some sermons, uh, narrative sermons about, you know, Mary and Joseph. And, and you know, and I, I, I wrote one about, you know, that they they were rejected by all their families, all, all uh, Joseph's relatives, because Mary was having a baby out of wedlock. Doesn't even, doesn't say that. But what does it say? It says that there wasn't a welcome for God's 
child, there wasn't a welcome. There wasn't a place. I don't know about you, but this day and age, I'm seeing you know the, you know, the chaos and with um, all these migrants coming in, and and I'm I'm feeling like so bad because people are like, well, not in my backyard. You can't put something there. And of course, you know, I shouldn't talk, I suppose. If they came in my neighborhood, perhaps I would be upset too. But I think we as Christians are called, since our own Lord and Savior, since there was no place for him, no place for the family in the inn, don't we need to be about welcoming the stranger Jesus, one of the things he says in Matthew 25 is to welcome the stranger. If you welcome the stranger, you welcome me. Luther, Martin Luther, in one of his sermons, said, he started out, the inn was full. And he said, I know some of you are thinking, oh, if I only would have been there, I would have helped the poor child. I would have been so quick to help the child. And he says, why don't you do it now? For you have Christ in your neighbor. And whatever you do to help your neighbor, when you do that, you're helping the Lord Christ himself. In Matthew, Christmas story too, the, you know, the... Joseph and Mary and the baby have to escape their refugees, escape into Egypt to prevent him from being sought out by the ruthless Herod. You know what? I think as Christians, we need to be about welcoming the stranger. I mean, it says that. And, you know, this is not a liberal or a conservative thing. But, you know, there are great advantages from the conservative side. There are great advantages from the liberal side. There are objections from both sides. But we don't have to be liberal or conservative. I think it's just Christian to want to find a place for the stranger, to welcome the stranger. That is our identity, not because we have to do that in order to get points for God. No, 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 no. God has come down to us. The direction of grace has come down to us. Salvation has come to all. That's just our identity. And I know it's a complex problem. And I want, I'm not going to continue on in this, believe me. It's a complex problem, but we need to have as a country an immigration policy we have resisted for decades and there's been a lot of fear-mongering you know oh no no we can't let these people in well we need to have a policy by which we can welcome as many as we can without upsetting our society so I hope this, again, this is neither liberal nor conservative. I hope you will encourage those to sit down and get this hammered out an immigration policy because we are supposed to welcome the stranger. 
all are welcome. All are part of God's kingdom. Now, we let, we'll let uh, God sort out, you know. It's like, well, how about those folks over there? They're not really, they're not really worthy. We let God sort that out. Christmas is a time where we celebrate God coming to us. We're not worthy. That's what we believe as Christians. We are not worthy of God's grace. But yet, God has come anyway. God has come in a vulnerable baby to share our vulnerability. That is the good news for all. Even you, even myself, we are included. And there are probably people out there who aren't feeling worthy tonight. Well, I want to tell you that you are worthy. God has come for you. God has come whether or not you deserve it or whether or not I deserve it. It's a gift. A gift that we're not worthy of, but that God gives us anyway. So I want you to think of this as being pure gift. I want you to think of it as being for all. Say Merry Christmas to everyone, no matter whom, who they are, because God comes for all people. And Christ still comes to us tonight in bread and in wine, his very body and blood, given to us, not because of our worthiness, but because he wants us to be his people and to bring about his kingdom. So come and share in that meal. Amen.
trusting in God's good news of great joy for all people. We offer our prayers for ourselves, our neighbors, and the world God loves. Glory to you, God, for the song of the angels proclaiming to the world Christ's holy birth. Give your church a joyful song to sing that we bring good news of peace and salvation to all people. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Glory to you, God, for the stars that shine in the depth of the night. Provoke awe in our hearts at the expansive mystery of the cosmos. Open to Open us to find beauty in the clear darkness of night and in the first glimmers of dawn. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Glory to you, God, for the child born to us who establishes a kingdom of justice and righteousness. Break bonds of oppression, bring reconciliation to warring lands, and establish peace from this time onward and forevermore. Hear us, O God, your mercy. <laughs> Glory to you, God, for Mary's loving care. Lead us to tend to one another in time of need. Share the comfort of your presence with all people tonight who are alone or separated from loved ones due to estrangement, incarceration, or illness. Hear us, O oh God, your mercy is great. Glory to you, God for the faithfulness of the shepherds in their vocation. Grant rest to any who feel exhausted from their work during this season. Retail and restaurant workers, church musicians, administrative staff, clergy, organizers of charitable giving events, and service workers doing essential tasks. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Glory to you, God, for the multitude of the heavenly hosts. We rejoice in the zeal of all your saints who have witnessed the appearing of your grace and who reveal to us your salvation for all. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Abide with us, O God of mercy, and receive our prayers according to your abundant grace. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please share signs of peace with each other. 